Hi there, and welcome back to The Fuse Show. Today, I'm joined by Abby Verma. He's the founder of Skillsonic. He's a three-time entrepreneur and immigrant. He started his first business at the age of 19, selling paint jobs to homeowners on the streets of Detroit while studying full-time at university. Uh, he's also a former investment banker who loves to hustle and prove naysayers wrong. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks, David. So when you think about hustling, what's your definition of hustling? Um... So it's, it's going against the tide, right? Um, it's getting knocked down, getting back up again and again and again. Um, it's also loving to hear a no, right, from people. Uh, I, think, I think the biggest motivation for me comes from proving people wrong, right? Um, and that's why I love to hustle. Because um, hmm. if, something, if something is easy... Um, what's the fun in it, right? Um, and so um, right from school to college to my first job as an investment banker to running three businesses, um, it's always been hustle. Um, so yeah, so I, I have a never say die kind of an attitude. Uh, I also have, uh, I'm an eternal optimist, right? Which is what entrepreneurs have to be because there's a 99% chance that you're going to fail, right? Uh, as, as an entrepreneur, uh, that's probably not the right way to think about it when you start. <laughs> um, but, uh, but you got to be a hustler, man. Um, you know, you got to keep at it. You got to believe in yourself. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of those things when I say that I love to hustle. So you're an entrepreneur and you're leading a company now. So obviously that entails a lot of hustle. What would you say makes it worthwhile? Ah, that's a loaded question. Um, I think a lot of things, right? So when you start off a company, for example, when we started Skillsonic, which is my latest venture, we've been running it for about two to three years. Uh, there's a certain vision I had for the product, right? Which is that the recruiting space is broken. Everyone knows it, right? I mean, job seekers apply for thousands of jobs, they never hear back. Hmm. Um, you know, a lot of job seekers who get a job are probably not satisfied in the job. And you're spending more than 100,000 hours in a lifetime on a job. So it better be good, right? But there's a lot of people who hate that job, right? Um, most people, the, I think. Most people. Um, on, the, on the company side of things, it's broken, right? I mean, right now there are studies that say that it takes about $6,000 and about 50 days to hire someone. Hmm. So think about that, right? So that's, you're spending two months trying to hire someone. And then there are studies that show that more than half of the people who are hired, they leave you within the first year or hmm. uh, the company's not happy with them. Um, and so on both sides of the spectrum, it's broken. So with Skillsonic, we had a certain vision where the true kind of um, um, objective was to make it seem like magic where job seekers would not have to apply for jobs and companies would be able to hire people within seconds, right? So that's what, that's what we started with. That was our aspiration for the product. Um, and I believe what makes it worthwhile is when you get one step closer to that true vision 
uh, at every step, you reflect back and you say that it was worth it. Hmm. You know, um, when you have a customer that gives you a great review, when you have someone who compares experience with your pro- on your product with more established players like say a LinkedIn or an Indeed or a Monster or you know a ZipRecruiter, that makes you feel good. Uh, when you have a job seeker, and this I'm talking in in our in our in the Skillsonic world. Uh, when you have job seekers who love the jobs they find on Skillsonic and they talk about it and they thank us, hmm. um, you know, that makes it worthwhile. Um, and then obviously there's the money aspect of it, right? When you start growing um, and, and uh, tweaking your product to, you know, get to the product market, every stage of a, of a company, I feel like, you, you start getting validation from different stakeholders, um, whether it's your, your um, you know, your customers or investors or even people within your company. Um, I feel like those are moments of joy. Um, but I must say that the highs are super high, but the lows are super low, right? So it's kind of like the volatility of, hmm. on the happiness index is extremely high. And so you got to have, I mean, this is what I've experienced. You got to have uh, kind of like a, uh, a good balance, uh, you know, during those moments. Uh, you can't be too happy and you can't be too sad. How do you know if your current, like, how do you average the super high highs and the super low lows and evaluate that to a more traditional job where it's like kind of narrower and like, volatility like how do you know that you were called to the path of entrepreneurship i think uh so for some people it comes naturally right um it's just their personality type right um they're genetically made that way where if there's a lot of success they don't seem too happy (laughs) right and if it's if they're going through a rough time, they don't seem too sad, right? So it's just their nature. Mm. For others, I'm not in that bucket, by the way. I'm not. I don't think I am. Um, the second type of people are people who learn or they train themselves um, to behave a certain way emotionally when when they go through highs and lows. Uh, mm. so I, I'm that kind where I've trained myself to say, hey, Abby, like when you have a customer who uses your product repeatedly, a lot of invoicing with that customer, don't be too happy. Why? Because that customer can leave you any point, Hmm. right? Um, On the other hand, if you've lost a big deal um, or someone criticizes about your product or things are not going your way, um, don't be too sad because there's always a next time. And that's actually really hard to do. Um, you got to find in your inner core, your inner voice almost, um, or talk to people you love, right? So in my case, it's my wife. Um, and talk to people you love, um, figure out what's going to make you more balanced, right? In that journey, because it's, a, it's, a, it's an extremely tough journey, right? I mean, it can be a roller coaster of a ride, and it can burn you out completely, right? Um, to the point where even mentally it starts affecting you, right? Hmm. Um, 
I've actually seen people who get depressed, like clinically depressed. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so you gotta, you gotta train yourself for that journey. And, uh, for me, it's not been easy, but it's been, it's been an exciting journey nevertheless. Right. Um, cause I've kept kind of training myself on it. So, yeah. Could you walk me through the journey of how you came up with the idea of Skillsonic to actually building it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I clearly remember, um, the aha moment, right? So this was a few years back in New York. Um, I was working on a side project for which I needed coders. I'm not from a tech background, so I'm not a coder. Um, and so I Googled for coders in New York, right? Uh, the first result that came, came by was Upwork, right? So there's this website called Upwork. It connects companies with freelancers, in most cases, tech freelancers across the world. So I, and it was, it was free to post jobs and stuff, right? So I posted jobs. I got in touch with a couple of freelancers in Philippines. Obviously I was on a shoestring budget. This was just a side kind of side project, nothing major. Uh, so I didn't have too much budget for it. Um, and then when I started working with them, I said, this is great. Like it's not costing me much and these guys are doing the work. But then over time, what I realized is um, they were in a different time zone. They're like 10 hours ahead of us in New York. Um, there was communication issues. I was staying up late. Um, you know, the quality of the work was not the way I'd expected it to be. Um, and there are all these issues, right? And then towards the end, um, they actually would not give me the code. And it was almost like I had no... Yeah, there's a browser issue, but um, towards the end, uh, it said, uh, you know, um, I, I was actually depressed, right? And then I started looking for better options to recruit people in the US. The second option that was there was job portals. So if you go on ZipRecruiter, LinkedIn, mm -hmm. Indeed, you'll get a lot of post, uh, resumes, but you're gonna go crazy qualifying those resumes as one person uh because there's no way for you like anyone can apply for your job right so it takes you like months and months to go through those resumes so that was out and then the third option was through staffing agencies so-called headhunters mm -hmm. um but when i found out how much they charge it was just crazy they said they're gonna keep like i think like 25 30 percent of the first year's comp it's um, pretty wild <laughs> yeah, so that that was that was completely out so that was kind of the aha moment where I said, well, as a startup, not really a start, this was a side project, but as someone who wants to work with someone else, how do you find such people? And obviously going for meetups and stuff was, it seemed too far-fetched for me, right? I needed to get started quickly. And so that was the birth of Skillsonic. Um, Sonic represents the speed of sound. And so the idea was to provide skilled talent at the speed of, at the speed of sound. Right. So, like so, yeah. Um, so that was the birth. Um, and what we said is, you know, we want to build a marketplace where small companies, startups can get in touch with freelancers, work with them on our platform. And if they like the freelancers, then they should be able to convert them to the payroll. 
<laughs> and we started by doing this locally, right? Because remember, when I was working with the guys in the Philippines, like it was not sustainable. Like you couldn't, how could you trust someone sitting in another part of the world? There was just no way. Um, and, and obviously there's no way to bring them on your payroll because they're like in Philippines. Um, <laughs> and so, uh, so Skillsonic was kind of like, I would say, um, a personalized platform like a staffing agency, but without the fees of a staffing agency. Hmm. Uh, so from that perspective, it's more of a job portal, but it offers the level of personalization that a headhunter would offer you, but without the fees. So that was the concept. Walk me through what you believe um, these headhunters do that justifies their 25, 30% of the first year salary. Cause that's a, it's a lot of money for, for just like putting people together. Yeah. And by the way, um, that business is dying, right? So okay. I, I'll talk about, I'll talk about your question in just a second, but I've been in touch with a lot of so-called recruiters, um, and senior people within staffing companies, they're all moving digital, right? So that whole kind of that 25, 30% model is dying. Um, but to come back to your question, um, so th the reason they charge such exorbitant fees is that they have human recruiters who do most of the qualification of the candidate, right? As opposed to technology. Hmm. And so, um, so if you're a company looking for a Java developer, let's say, you go to, let's say, Robert Half, just as an example, um, Robert Half would assign a recruiter to you who would work with you to understand what your requirements are. And then they would manually go in, post your job in different job boards. They would look for candidates within their own so-called application tracking system, right? Um, and then they would present you resumes, you would give them feedback, and again, they would present you. So that process is very human driven, uh, which is what it's been for the last three, four decades, right? Hmm. Um, and so, so that's why, because they have to cover the cost of that recruiter who's working on your right. job. Uh, they charge that 20%, 25-30% cut. So how does Skillsonic use software to emulate the, the work that was formerly being done through uh, manual inspection? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Um, so if you think about the technology, right? So the, where all of it starts, is the matching engine, right? So when you're building a marketplace, the first thing you do is you think about, okay, what are the aspects of a candidate that a company wants? And we've all been through it, right? At some point, we've all looked for people. Uh, so we went about doing a lot of kind of focus groups uh, to talk to talent acquisition folks, you know, people in, in the HR space uh, to really understand what is it that they look for. Um, and then on the job seeker side, we looked at, okay, like what are the sorts of details we can capture from a job seeker easily, right? We don't want to make it too cumbersome. Um, and then once you have those two requirements, you kind of marry it together. And the result of that is a matching engine. Um, so we built a matching engine uh, to connect jobs posted with candidates, right? Um, but it doesn't stop there. 
So what we actually figured was that with staffing agencies and even the job boards today, um, the the feedback loop is missing, right? So if you go on a job, if you post a job on LinkedIn and you find ten candidates and you interview three, LinkedIn is not going to give you more candidates like those that you interviewed, or it's not going to say, okay, like why did you reject the other seven? Mm-hmm. That piece is missing because LinkedIn's already made its money when you posted a job, right? They're monetizing the size of their database, so they don't really care uh, how much time or how much money it's uh, hmm. you're spending on hiring someone. Um, the same for other job boards. That's how they work. So they either charge you on a per month basis or per job posting, or for the number of views or the number of hits. I know Indeed does that. They charge you, you know. You have to have a certain budget, and then they give you those number of hits. I noticed on, the, on your website you have a pricing model that's based on the number of conversions of people who go from freelancers into W two employees. Yeah. If you believe the future is heavy in freelancing, wouldn't that mean some users indefinitely just stay freelancers? Yeah, yeah. So we have two pricing models. Um, hmm. The first is if they remain a freelancer, uh, we charge the freelancers a certain cut from all of the payments gotcha. made okay. to them which is similar to any other marketplace. Right. Um, and uh, we charge the company a buyout fee if they move the freelancer outside mm. of our platform. They can still continue to freelance with them outside of our platform, but we charge them a certain fee because uh, it gotcha. cost us a lot to get that freelancer on the platform. Uh, so, so yeah. And just going back to my previous comment, um, we are still keeping the option open for job seekers to get a full-time job on a, through a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, but the model is slightly different. We're saying that companies can try people on a freelance basis before they move them to the payroll. Um, and there's reasons for that too, because, um, you know, right now companies are spending too much time and money on hiring someone who's not a good fit. And so mm-hmm. to be able to try someone was a no-brainer for us that's the best way to know if the person's going to be a cultural fit, if they have what it takes to be a good employee, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the freelance period is kind of like a trial for both the company and the freelancer. And then the company can move the person to their payroll um, if they believe it's a, it's a good fit. If not, then they can find someone else on our platform, right? So we, we've kept it really open on our, on our marketplace. Um, uh, to, you know, to benefit both sides, even for the job seekers, right? If it's a young person, mid twenties, doesn't know what they want to get into, let's say they have a great chance at trying different companies on a freelance basis before they dive into a full-time role with the company, right? So it benefits the supply side, meaning the job seekers as well. So I recognize you haven't been in this for too long, but what would you say is the, on the major features of roadmap? Or what's on the roadmap of major features yeah. uh, for SkillSonic? Yeah. Um, so I can actually proudly say this. We've launched about 350 plus features in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And we've done it with a really small engineering team. Um, so I'm really proud of you know where we've gone on the product. Um, and it's used currently by about 15,000 users. Um, we've also shot up the rankings on Trustpilot as a top 10 recruiting uh, services company uh, ahead of companies like Trustpilot and Vettery. 
Um, hmm. And trust, uh, sorry, ahead of companies like ZipRecruiter and Vettery. So ZipRecruiter just yeah. went public. Give you some perspective on, on the scale of, of ZipRecruiter. Um, in terms of, sorry, what was your question? Oh, what's on the roadmap of major features and like right. what's your plan going forward the for future, right? Um, so, so there's a lot on the plate. There's about 100 plus features that we're working on right now, which is all a result of feedback from customers, from internal stakeholders, bug fixes, uh, from competitors, uh, research that we've done with, with other platforms, et cetera. Um, one of the things we are the most excited about is payments. Um, hmm. You know, so to be able to have uh, payments where companies would be able to pay with Apple Pay, let's say with, you know, um, and in the future with crypto, right? Um, freelancers would be able to get paid directly into their bank accounts, in no time, uh, they would also be able to withdraw money if they need money for expenses. Um, they could have, you know, payday loans kind of a thing on our platform. Uh, they could be paid in advance, you know, stuff like that we're exploring. Um, so we have a bunch of features around that. Um, and then we launched messaging a few a few weeks back and that's been, been a hit. Um, hmm. There's already been like, God knows how many gigs of messages exchanged uh, so we're building on that feature as well, um, where from the message window itself, companies and freelancers would be able to, you know, do a Zoom call, schedule a meeting, um, do all sorts of things, you know, through the message window itself. Um, and then one of the features we're most excited about is what we call the instant hire feature. So we're rolling out a product in the next few weeks, which would allow companies to hire a freelancer without interviewing anyone. Hmm. So it's kind of like the concept is that um, what we figured through all of the interviews that, that have happened on our platform is that interviews, uh, companies tend to overthink in an interview process, right? Um, and, and when you give them a lot of choice, they find it really hard to hire someone, right? Because because um, it's not, you're dealing with humans, right? So it's not like a make, like a black or white kind of a situation, right? There's a lot of bias. There's a lot of subjectivity. You like person A for X, Y, Z. You like person B for something else. But no one really knows which one's going to work out in, in the end, right? Um, the personality type of someone may be an introvert, but that person may be a great worker, which you, you're probably never going to tell in an interview. And so we found all these kind of learnings from our marketplace. And now we are launching a feature which when a company posts a job, uh, within two days, they automatically get assigned a worker based on hmm. all of the tech that's happening in the background. Um, and then they try this person. And if they like them, they convert them to the payroll or they continue the freelance gig with them. If they don't like them, they go back and they tell us, and then we give them a second person, right? Um, but to be able to get there, our engine, the matching engine, or what we call the dispatch engine or the recommender engine, that has to be sort of accurate. Because um, hmm. you don't want to give the wrong person to a company, and then that company never comes to you again, right? So, <laughs> uh, so we're slowly getting there as remember I told you about the feedback loop. So that feedback loop is helping our algo. And so as we get to a certain kind of inflection point on that, 
hopefully we launch this instant hire feature very you know very soon so i'm i'm actually really excited about that um yeah i would say those are the three main features we're also doing a bunch of integrations next year with payroll mm -hmm. providers and application tracking systems so you may have heard of greenhouse or workable or lever so these are all ats platforms uh, so if a company is already using them and they want to use Skillsonic as well, then they don't have to go on two different platforms, right? So mm -hmm. they can do everything from Greenhouse, but still leverage the beauty of Skillsonic, right? So, so we're doing those integrations. And then we're also planning integrations with payroll providers. So think of ADP, Paychex. Um, that comes in handy because if a company wants to convert someone to the payroll, then that process should be seamless, right? If they're already using ADP, then the person should automatically get onboarded into their payroll system from Skillsonic, right? So we're thinking about those sorts of integrations next year. But uh, yeah, other than that, these three, I would say are the most uh, exciting features in the pipeline. I'm extremely bullish on work trials. I feel like I think more companies should do work trials because you get so much more like information out of an experience working alongside someone versus asking them questions that may or may not reflect the day-to-day -day of their actual assignment. Actually, you know what? So what we found, and we did a bunch of, well, interviews to understand what interviews are like. Um, what we found is job seekers, um, they get like, it's interviews are kind of like a black hole, like job seekers, first of all, to get an interview, it's really hard. Right. So you spent thousands of hours applying, 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 and then you go back. And when you go to the interview, there's this kind of like false expectation that job seekers have. Um, and it often leads to disappointment. Right. It's happened to hmm. me several times. How many times has it happened? You interviewed with someone and you say, oh, it went great. And then you get that email. Right. Saying that you're great, but we found someone else. Right. Um, or worse, you get no email at all. Or worse, you don't, you don't get an email. <laughs> you keep following up, but no one gets back to you. Right. So we found interviews to be a huge waste of time, to be honest. Um, and the reason companies do interviews is, and this is what we believe has happened, um, is before hiring someone for a 100K job or 150K salary, obviously the company has to do some due diligence. Right. But what Skillsonic is doing is it's saying, instead of interviewing someone, try the person out on a freelance basis. There's no cost for the company other than trying the person, right? The time. Um, so what we're saying is let our technology do the matching and let the trial period substitute the interview period, right? So we are trying to cut the cost of trying someone out almost down to zero. So when that happens, then companies would be able to just instantly hire people more quickly. Think about it on Amazon, right? Like I was one of those who could never buy shoes on Amazon, right? Or even like a finish line or some of the other e-commerce players or even clothes for that matter, right? I mean, you had to try, um, but they made it really easy for you to try these things and return them that that gave you confidence to try instead of going to a store, spending, you know, a full day on, you know, different stores, 
figuring out the prices and then buying something, right? So the best analogy I would say is like what's happening right now is companies are almost like, you know, you going out shopping physically, going to stores, looking at everything that's out there and then getting something home, right? Versus um, buying it on Amazon, letting Amazon do the kind of tell you what's good for you and then being able to return something if you don't like it, right? So hopefully you see the analogy there. Um, I definitely understand the analogy. So uh, so it's a new concept, uh, you know, hopefully the fact that freelancing is on the rise will help this model where hmm. a lot of the supply will also be willing to try companies, right? On a freelance basis. Um, so we're at this really interesting moment in the industry where, you know, it could, like this is almost like the beginning of something brand new in, in the work in the workplace right so uh so we're excited um and, and yeah that's that's where we're headed i'm excited for you i Thank uh you. i i run another company in parallel to this one and hiring definitely is one of the hardest challenges there's a you get a ton of applicants and it's so hard to discern which ones are the best and you have to so far, we just invest tons of time into it. And uh, if there was a solution at scale, I would definitely consider it. Yeah. And, and um, if you think about the entrepreneurs, right, they spend more than half of their time hiring, right? Uh, so if you could cut that time down to almost zero, imagine the amount of time you would have in building your own business, right? Um, hmm. We're also seeing trends where we would start predicting whom a company should hire next. What we're finding is a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't really know whom they should hire. They kind of do it like trial and error. Okay, let me get a full stack developer. Let me get a designer. Let me get a copywriter. But it's not structured. Um, so on Skillsonic, since we work with a lot of startups and help them in hiring, we're seeing a pattern of hiring, right? Hmm. So if it's an e-commerce company, they would come in and hire full stack. Then they would come in and hire an accountant. Then they would come in and hire a software architect. So there's this whole thing, right? So we're taking in all of that data to try and recommend whom a startup should hire next based on all of the hiring that's happening in, in the same industry. Um, hmm. So the, the value prop for that is kind of like a Netflix. It's like a rough analogy, but you know, Netflix, they have these recommendations. The recommender engine, yeah. Right, um, so think about that. Um, yeah, so we're we're trying to we're trying to educate companies on how to hire as well, um, and you kind of see that on LinkedIn, but it's not at that level, right? On LinkedIn, um, you can see what jobs are posted by companies, but it's not as personalized to a company to the extent where it says, you know, given the stage you're in within your startup, these are the next four people you should hire, right? Hmm. Uh, so we're getting it down to that level. Um, and hopefully that provides a lot of value to, you know, to the startup community and small businesses. Well, I know we're over time. I'm extremely thankful for all the insights you've shared this past hour. I just want to give you uh, just one final question. And that's uh, for all of our viewers who are watching this episode, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you or follow you along your journey? Yeah. Um, the best way is to email. So if you have any questions on you know entrepreneurship or if your viewers have any questions on skillsonic 
if they want to partner with Skillsonic in whatever capacity, or if they want to use Skillsonic as a platform, the best way to reach me is Abby, which is my first name, at skillsonic.com, right? Um, yeah, so I, I will hope to hear from a lot of you in the future. And uh, yeah, I love I love talking to, to folks about anything that's business related. So yeah, look forward to those queries. Sounds good. Well, thanks again for your time, Abby. Thanks, David. Take care.